0: This week on the Video Games Podcast, we are taking a slower approach with The Last of Us 2 and giving our impressions as we make our way through and calling it The Journey Series. And on this episode, we are covering parts one and two of our journey, which will take us to the start of day two in Seattle. And if you're playing through a little slower or you've already finished and you want to hear more about The Last of Us 2, then please come along for the journey. A word of caution. Spoilers are ahead. In 2013, the original Last of Us seemed to have a very divisive reaction from fans. It seemed that people either loved the gameplay, storytelling, and design, or felt opposed to it all. Critically and commercially, The Last of Us was a bona fide success with a Metacritic for the original PS3 title, sitting at a 95 as well as the PS4 remaster that was followed up shortly after. I fall into the camp of loving the game, and without actually sitting down and figuring out what games would be in my top 10 of all time, it's highly likely that if The Last of Us isn't in my top 10, it would be just on the outside looking in. It featured an engaging story, great gameplay minus a few awkward sections, a great score, and amazing visuals for the time. After a few delays and plenty of internet hate, Naughty Dog has finally released The Last of Us Part 2. Similar to the first game with near 100 reviews and a Metacritic of 95, Naughty Dog sounds like they once again have topped themselves. This is The Last of Us Part 2 The Journey Series The opening 30 minutes of The Last of Us is near perfect in my opinion and stands among as one of the best openings in my mind. We aren't force fed details about the characters and the world, but instead Naughty Dog chose to use environmental storytelling to let the player figure out the world on their own. The opening sequence introduces us to Joel, his daughter, and his brother Tommy. It tells us their backstory, motivations, and connects us with these characters with only a few lines of dialogue. When the opening title card is shown, the tone has been set, and you are already invested in these characters in just the first half hour, which is better than, if not on the same level as a Hollywood production. The Last of Us 2, unfortunately, is unable to pull off the same kind of opening sequence as Naughty Dog is left with the task of getting players back up to speed as well as making it accessible for newcomers. Joel is getting his brother up to speed on what has happened with Ellie and we are brought up to speed on how life has become in the four or so years that they arrived at the settlement in Jackson. On a technical level, it's no surprise that The Last of Us Part 2 looks and sounds as well as it does. Naughty Dog has always been at the forefront of showing off what Playstation is capable of dating all the way back to Crash Bandicoot and more recently Uncharted along with the first Last of Us. Playing on a 4K HDR OLED looks amazing as you are constantly in awe of the way that nature acts and reacts in this world. Blinding lights break through deciduous trees as the sun sets, snow falls from evergreens as you nudge the branches and water flows over rocks effortlessly. Gameplay feels like a slight extension of the first game so far, stealth is a large factor as you still use your hearing ability which highlights enemies through walls which almost feels like cheating and it's hard not to use when it's in the game. During a patrol, Ellie and Dina come across a grocery store full of clickers or early clickers that haven't turned into complete fungus yet and there is about 6 or 7 of them in the area. The game makes you eliminate every single one while Dina just moves from cover to cover with you. This is very frustrating and immersion breaking as that would never happen and it doesn't help that Dina has already taken out clickers in earlier combat segments to make it feel more realistic. Overall, the first few hours are slow and lack the emotional impact that The Last of Us delivered while Joel, his daughter, and Tommy were trying to escape the city during the initial stages of the chaos. However, as I arrive upon the chalet with the help of what seems like a rival gang, I am left with a sinking feeling in my stomach that things are about to take a drastic turn for the worse as Joel and Tommy seem unaware of the danger that they are in. I am also a little curious how after all that has happened in the first game, Joel and Tommy would be willing to trust anyone when even during the opening moments of the original game, Joel was insistent on driving past a family that needed help. And this is where the first leg of the journey will stop and we'll be right back with our second part. On my first part, I remarked about how The Last of Us 2 started off a little slower than the first game that hooked you in before the title card was even shown. The sequel takes a little longer to get going as there needs to be some backstory filled in but around two hours in, the chalet scene happens right where the first leg of our journey ended and it becomes clear that this is what the slow beginning was building towards. Once the table has been set, the journey begins for both ourselves and for Ellie and Dina who decide to make their way to Seattle based on limited information. You are also left asking a lot of questions about what just transpired at the chalet and why Tommy and Joel were so well known. How did these outsiders know their names so well? Is it as simple as what happened during the first entry of the series while Joel was trying to get Ellie to the hospital? Was it all the people that he killed trying to help her escape? Has something bigger happened over the past 4 years? In the end you reap what you sow but I am just hoping that this question gets answered. No surprises, but the game remains gorgeous in this new lush biome. It's always the little details that make a game truly rise from good to great and separates the eights from the tens. Making your way through the dense foliage, there are all types of plants, but it's the ferns that really caught my attention and the way there are dead leaves sporadically throughout rather than just a perfect green palette copy and paste it. A little detail like trying to make a jump and missing it and wondering if you can actually make that jump but then Ellie says come on I know I can make that. Or even something like opening two loggers and hearing different effects instead of the same canned audio. Upon reaching the semi-open world of Seattle, you start to see the matrix that is Naughty Dog and how The Last of Us 2 is a culmination of everything that Naughty Dog has been working on for the past 10 years plus. Riding on horseback through Seattle, echoes driving a jeep through Madagascar in Lost Legacy and solving trolley puzzles is very reminiscent of Sam and Nathan working together in Uncharted 4. Everything from The Last of Us has been expanded upon from the first entry. Once in Seattle, you find a map which you can then find clues throughout and mark up your map if you want to explore, but you can also just go to the areas that are likely to be points of interest to further the story. But throughout some of these buildings are many safes that require a certain combination that will provide you with the items needed for crafting and leveling up Ellie's skill tree, which is fairly simple and linear, although it does open up if you find training manuals through exploration, and I think this is a very smart and realistic way to expand the skill tree by implying that Ellie is learning just as everyone else learns. As for getting into the actual safes, the combination can usually be found close by with a little light exploration, and you might encounter some fun Easter eggs along the way. But if by chance you are unable to find the code near, then you may have an alternative option. I thought to myself, this game is trying to be realistic and I should be able to move the knob very slowly and hear a difference in the lock and the springs. And sure enough, I only had the first two numbers to the safe, but listen for the third. It's moments like this that make you fully appreciate good game development. Playing on moderate combat encounters quickly make you realize that you won't be able to dodge your way through the whole game and that stealth will be a necessity. You become quickly overwhelmed by just two early stage clickers and end even faster if you have a fully developed clicker you will die and most likely die a lot. However, upon dying in some games, the immersion can be broken when the loading takes too long and you are likely to pick up your cell phone or even take a break completely, but the loading times are surprisingly short as you are almost instantly back in the action as it provides you just enough time to get your head on straight. As Ellie and Dina make their way through the Saravina Hotel looking for the Wolves, aka the Washington Liberation Force, aka the WLF, we find someone else that has the same idea as us and is also looking for revenge against the WLF. Ellie and Dina have a suspicion of who they think it might be, but I get the feeling that it's not and getting into combat scenarios with actual resistance forces and not clickers feels very different as you would expect. Stealth can still play a vital role, but they will be aggressive and push if they think they have an advantage or try to flank, but the good news is Dina has decided to help once again. There are some story threads that are starting to get pulled as Dina and Ellie have questioned how the WLF would have known who we were. It seems possible that Tommy and Joel might have done some stuff that they never shared with Ellie and I'm also questioning why some people were left alive at the chalet. Why wasn't everyone killed? I feel like there is something bigger happening behind the curtain. As I make my way out of the subway, I've discovered a few new things about this world. Clickers have evolved and now come in numerous forms and there is another faction that is hunting the wolves called the Scars. As of right now, little to nothing is known about them at the moment, other than they also don't like the WLF. And after escaping some wolves and finding solace at an abandoned theater, Ellie gets some news that will likely have large repercussions throughout the rest of the journey. During a flashback, we are trained back to a simpler time during a birthday of Ellie's from years past, and it's a very nice break from the constant tension of wondering what is around every corner, and it also helps fill in the story gaps. This ends the leg of this journey, and so begins day two in Seattle. I hope to see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully you are enjoying The Last of Us 2 as much as I am so far. Enjoy your week, please consider subscribing, and remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.